What's up, guys? We are back. Your high street freaks. We are here to talk about Ohio State sports with a only emphasis on football. We're not we're not talking. <laughs> I guess there's a there's a higher likelihood that we would talk about women's basketball than the men's team this year. Yeah, or men's team any, is tight, dude. Any year yeah. for that matter. Um, but yeah, we, we are back. Ohio State's doing some stuff, um, bringing some guys in, perhaps letting a coach leave. Um, you know, a day in the life at, at Ohio State. But how are you doing on this fine uh, middle of the week day? I'm good, man. I'm living. Is the women's hockey team still good? I know women's basketball is sick. The women's hockey team is awesome. The women's hockey oh, yeah. team is... I think I think the women's hockey team beat the number two team in two consecutive games by like a combined score of like eleven to two or something like Let's that. Let's fucking go! Yeah, I'm looking right now. They're twenty four and two overall, and they lost their first game of the season, so they're twenty four and one since then. Yeah, their only loss being their only loss being a Friday night game where they lost two to one and beat the team six to two the next day. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah Mi- these, some these guys are dogs minnesota was the number two team at the time and i don't know what they are now but they played two games against them over the weekend and beat them seven to zero in the first game and six to one in the second game let's fucking go men's so, hockey yeah. team sucks apparently yeah um, yeah it men's does hockey teams lost seven in a row that's always good always good to hear why would uh, we not be good at hockey dude we should be good it makes at hockey. it makes no sense it makes no sense um and then i think uh who else is good um oh res- wrestling just pulled off a pretty crazy comeback to beat michigan in wrestling so at least somebody's beaten michigan oh, yeah. <laughs> um that's good wrestling also like it's cool that we're really good uh, I like being good at wrestling, obviously. Wrestling is kind of an underrated college sport, one of the better ones to me. Yeah. Uh, I think it's crazy to me that Penn State isn't the number one team in the country every single year. Like, I know they're usually, like, top three. Pennsylvania yeah. has, like, by far the best wrestling in America. Well, it's 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 the same sort of thing as, like, Maryland and lacrosse. Like, they're they're like they're sports that like everybody kind of plays and like everybody has a program for it but it's like come on like you you know (laughs) like and they're under johns hopkins right right yeah 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 duke duke's pretty good virginia's pretty good but like it's just that general area and it's like i guess that's that's how wrestling is with the midwest like that's probably what like other school i mean arizona state has a wrestling program it's like come on i bet if you could overlay a heat map of like number of male babies named Carson in a state uh, with like lacrosse win loss rate, it would match up pretty well. Or or Jackson, Jackson's a good yeah, one yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Uh, or guys that have a numeral after their name. If you have a numeral after your name, yeah. what is your likelihood of being good at lacrosse? Yeah, uh, so it's it's a pretty high <laughs> correlation there. Yeah, man. Yeah, that I mean that's, like that's, Canada that's spot really on. fumbled the bag on that one, right? That's a Canadian it's a Canadian native sport lacrosse. I believe I believe so. I don't remember if it's specifically Canada, but it's North American. That's like one of the few sports that is distinctly North American um yeah. is lacrosse. So um I, I never got into lacrosse. I I've I I mean I say that I went to a bunch of like Ohio State lacrosse games and tried my best to like watch it and stuff, but I never like played it or anything. But um I know friends who oh, did. No. 
Yeah, I, I, I just... went to uh, I went to an indoor look like that professional lacrosse league. I heard, was the PLL is it called that or whatever? It Something is. like that. Yeah. I went to a game with my dad when I was a little kid, like five or six. Um, that was pretty cool. They really they hit the fuck out of each other in the pro league. Yeah, I think that... back then they were trying to make it look more like hockey too. So they were kind of yeah. like allowing more fouls to make it look cooler. Yeah. Um, I just I I laugh when they they like throw flags and shit. Like it's like a weird. They're like trying to like borrow from every single sport instead of just being their own thing. <laughs> like the refs throw flags and like announce the penalties and shit. I don't know. It's I I. I'm fine with it. Like, I, I don't really have an opinion on lacrosse one way or another. It's just like a sport to me. Glad people play it. I think Ohio State should be good at it. Um, from what I understand, people don't really love Ohio State's lacrosse coach. I don't know. Um, oh, he's an asshole or what? What's his problem? I, I think maybe he's bad. I think maybe he's he's a bad coach. Oh. I, th- that's, that's just the vibe that I've gotten. I've heard people want him fired and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. It feels like they were good uh, a, a while ago. Um, are we still running shit in fencing? I'm looking at the yeah fencing's the awesome too. The women's fencing schedule here. I think I think uh, men's tennis and fencing have like some pretty insane streaks going. I think men's tennis has advanced to the Sweet 16 15 straight times, and I think and tennis synchronized is... swimming. We always win, right? Yes, yeah. Synchronized swimming. My my favorite stat. I'm gonna pull this out. Synchronized swimming. Um. They win national titles more regularly than the football team wins games. So, like, if you break <laughs> over the seasons that they've won national titles, like, they have won national titles at a higher percentage of their seasons than the football team's winning percentage. So, like... Holy fuck. Yeah. Granted, there's only, like, like a few um, synchronized swimming teams. Like, it's not, like, a huge competition or whatever. Uh, but still, to be that successful yeah. at anything... Come on. I will say I'm kind of in some ways, I wouldn't say envious, but I think it's admirable. Like I have friends that are big pit fans, right? That went there or something. It's right. like when you have like 12 to 16 sports that your school sponsors, you can You're like really into more kind of, of Yeah. Like most pit fans I know like have an like affinity for at least half the teams, if not more. Yeah. And like they all get really into it, like whatever the women's volleyball team. There's 36. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, damn, dude, I like I'm happy if we win those things. Like it's cool we can beat out. Right. Yeah, synchronize so many national champs every year. But like, football team loses a game. I, I I would trade every single game. I would go zero and a hundred in every other sport forever for an extra football national. Oh, four hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things. It's it's like purely icing on the cake. But if the football team isn't doing well, it's not like it's not worth it. So I think Ohio State's like peak racking up natties time was ironically like following the 2014 national title. I think they won like six natties that year or whatever in like several different sports. Um, the one that was always concerning to me, Ohio state has a really good pistol team and rifle team pistol more than rifle. But when they're like beating out the army, it's like, it, that is, that feels like sacrilegious and a little concerning that like the United or that, uh, um, Ohio State's like biggest rival in pistol is the United States Army, like the the Army Academy. Like, how are how are these random kids from Ohio out shooting? Yeah, it's the supposed Army? to be like Texas Tech always wins that. I thought or something. It um, should be, but they don't. I, I think that. Did it's... you see that video of the dude who won the championship in it? No. He's like a four hundred pound man, but he was like moving like a nimble cat. I he love looked that. like a a dancing panda bear from that uh, Disney movie. 
Kung Fu Panda, the Jack Black one, which they're making like a fourth one, believe it or not. Dude, yeah, uh, whatever. The Kung Fu Panda of college football websites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's us, Mid- that was a horrible transition. It's <laughs> meetupmidfield.com, uh, which you guys should subscribe to. <laughs> it's our website. Yeah. Uh, we write about college football, specifically National Ball, Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, we cover the whole Big Ten. Uh, it's myself, Kevin, Patrick Mayhorn, and Taylor Fulton. Uh, we have premium episodes with this podcast, which, uh, as you guys may have heard in recent episodes, uh, we are now splitting our podcast weekly. So there will be a free half of this podcast, which you, of course, are listening to right now, and then a premium half of the podcast posted simultaneously. Um, you can listen to both um at your discretion um you sign up there you get access to those podcasts the articles and then truly what i think is the best message supporting college football um the offseason thread is like already i don't know dozens of pages long if not more than that at this point um the recruiting coverage is going on on there a lot of team breakdowns we're posting what we hear about the michigan coaching searches as well which we're going to talk about in the premium podcast this week so we're going to talk a little about ohio state coaches on the free one and then if you want to hear about michigan staff and how that's coming along uh, stay tuned for the premium one after this. But uh, yeah, come subscribe to me at midfield. That was a that was a hell of an intro. I feel like that's one of those like somebody's going to get like a brain aneurysm listening to us talk about things that were completely out of our depth talking about like addition <laughs> takes on the fencing team. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. We uh, what if we did that? What if every season going forward, you and I pick one other sport in Ohio State? It's not to just go crazy like, about. Yeah, it's not football or men's and women's basketball. We pick one other sport every year to follow. And just I feel like we could do that. That could be fun. Yeah, uh, I, I've I've gone to most of them. Like I've I've gone. I tried to make a point to go to like every event that I could. Um, some of them are harder than others because there's like one meet or whatever. Like yeah. it's in Ohio, but I I have been to the vast majority of uh of Ohio State's sports. There was a perfect storm one day. I think I was in my sophomore junior year of college when the men's baseball team had a home game on a Friday. And I was off for the day. I didn't have any classes that day or something. Like I think I had. Oh man, and it's a beautiful day. It was no. It was actually a miserable day. It was really cold oh. outside. <laughs> it was like one of those forty degree days in late March that you still get every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we already had planned to go and like watch it, and it was like you know, dime a dog or something like that. And we were patting some beers beforehand. And we were just like the only people in the crowd cheering besides the parents. I think. Um, that was fun. We were at, you know, Nick Swisher Field at Bill Davis Stadium, the famous, yep. the hallowed grounds of the Buckeyes baseball team. Yeah, the, the house um, that Nick Swisher built. The, we got to get Bryce Harper to donate something, right? Oh, man, come on. Like, you can't be a you can't be a Buckeye fan and, like, put his name on it. I don't give a shit. He didn't he didn't need to come here. Just, he's a, he's a huge Buckeye fan. His wife played soccer at Ohio State, which is a legit connection. That's a firmer connection yeah. than most Ohio State fans. So, like, come yeah. on, it's fine. Um, I, I welcome him. At first, I was really confused when he was like the guest picker that one time, but then I realized, like, oh no, his his literal wife is a Ohio State athlete who played for an Ohio State team for four years. So yeah, that, I, again, that, I think. yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's 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 a less loose connection than other people who claim to be affiliated with Ohio State. Like LeBron James has a locker, and Bryce Harper has a firmer <laughs> connection to Ohio State than than LeBron James does. And he also, like, he does embody kind of the Buckeye vibe of being, like, really good at what he does, but a huge asshole about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which, all for it. All for he it. He fits right in. Yeah. Maybe maybe he should just be the coach when he's done. That'd be cool. Yeah. Although, 
it seems like, I don't know. I don't know enough about baseball to know if Bryce Harper is one of those, like, like, I think you spit, you split phenoms into like two camps. Usually you have like your shack phenoms, which are guys that are just fucking born with a preternatural. Yes. Yeah. That are unreal. I think that's probably Bryce Harper. Yeah. And then, but then you have like your Sidney Crosby phenoms who are taking like, you know, a thousand reps a day from the age of three years old and and, become freaks. And then and you have like, the middle two, which are like, you know, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like the LeBron Jameses and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too. Yeah. Like, cause, cause I think to be able to coach, like there's no doubt in my mind that LeBron James could be like an elite coach too, because like he, what we yeah. pretty much does it like now. And there's, there's certain players that are like that. Like they have the gifts and they're like, those are like the all time greats is the ones who have the gift and the mind for it. Yeah. Most like of the Russell time. Russell was a player coach, right? Yeah. 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 Most of the time you don't get a guy that is both like I, I will, I will never forget. Like I'm not, I'm not going to name names because this feels mean, but I will never forget. I was trying to ask like scheme questions to some of Ohio state's wide receivers around like the 2016, 17 era. And the answers I was getting after like three questions, I realized, Oh wait, these guys just show up and run the play. They have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and like, like it never, it never really like clicked in my brain. Yeah, the tough up part until that is point. when some of our coaches are like that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that, that is, that is also an issue, but I just like, I, it, it never occurred to me that like, wait, this guy just has a very specific job and he just memorizes that he does this at this time. He has no idea conceptually what's happening or why he's running this route or why this route <laughs> concept exists or anything like that, which is completely fine. Like that's, that's honestly on me for assuming that he knew it at a, at a deeper level. I just like, you, you forget sometimes that like, sometimes the job is very simple, but all that to say, um, Ohio state is going to probably need a new offensive coordinator less than a month after hiring an offensive yeah. coordinator. Oh, wait, I want to talk about that. I, there's something I forgot to include in the rundown that I do when I mention on the podcast. Okay. has nothing to do with Ohio State football. I just think it's cool, very cool, cool. funny, and I want it to be read on the podcast. Are you familiar with Ethan Hawke's article uh, for RollingStone.com about the fight, which the, the, like the verbal fight between Toby Keith, who just died today, and Chris Christopherson? No. Would you like me to read it to you? Yes. Okay. The closing line is the best part, so bear with me here for a couple seconds. But okay. when I read this article, the person I'm referring to as the star is Toby Keith, coder name for Toby Keith, and the person saying I is Ethan Hawke, the famed actor who wrote this article and was here for this event. Okay. <clears throat> Standing backstage at the Beacon Theater in New York, leaning against a crumbling brick wall in the dark, I could barely see Chris Christofferson standing to my left. Willie Nelson was in the shadows to my right, Ray Charles was standing behind, beside Willie, idly shifting his weight back and forth. A bit further along the wall were Elvis Costello, Wyclef John, Nora Jones, Shelby Lynn, Paul Simon, respective managers, friends, and family. Everybody was nervous and tight. We were there for Willie Nelson's 70th birthday concert in 2003. Up from the basement came one of country music's brightest stars, who shall remain nameless. At that moment in time, the star had a monster radio hit about bombing America's enemies back into the Stone Age. Happy birthday, the star said to Willie, breezing by us. As he passed Christofferson in one long, confident stride, out of the corner of his mouth came, none of that lefty shit out there tonight, Chris. What the fuck did you just say to me, Chris growled, stepping forward. 
Oh, no, groaned Willie under his breath. Don't get Chris all riled up. You heard me, the star said, walking away in the darkness. Uh, Don't turn your back to me, boy, Christofferson shouted, not giving a shit that basically the entire music industry seemed to be flanking him. The star turned around. I don't want any problems, Chris. I just want you to tone it down. You ever worn your country's uniform? Chris asked rhetorically. What? Don't what me, boy. You heard the question. You don't just don't like the answer. He paused just long enough to get a chest full of air. I asked, have you ever served your country? The answer is no. No, you have not. Have you ever killed another man? Huh? Have you ever taken another man's life and then cashed the check your country gave you for doing it? No, you have not. So shut the fuck up. I could feel his body pulse with anger next to me. You don't know what the hell you were talking about. Whatever, the young star muttered. Ray Charles stood motionless. <laughs> Willie Nelson looked at me and, sh- <laughs> and shrugged mischievously like a kid in the back of the classroom. Christopher's took a deep inhale and leaned back against the wall, still vibrating with adrenaline. He looked over at Willie's to say, don't say a word. Then his eyes found me. You know what Waylon Jennings said about guys like him, he whispered. I shook my head. They're doing to country music what pantyhose did to finger fucking. <laughs> I love oh. I, I love how that like led with just no context at all before like uh yeah the last line is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life and I thought that, that we had I because I feel like I'm gonna use that line during the football season about some coach and I want people to know why to know the context yeah that's that's definitely gonna be a a, a deep <laughs> cut. I the Loki an underrated line of that was Ray Charles stood motionless. <laughs> the whole thing was so good, and just mentioning that Wyclef John was hanging out with like Paul Simon. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, yeah, oh, I just might lose Bill O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> that was even better going back like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I guess here's what we'll say. I mean, by this point, everyone listening has probably seen the reports about um, about Bill O'Brien, uh, you know, uh, t- looking at the Boston College job and being the heavy favorite to take the position at this point. Uh, that reporting mostly comes from the Boston Herald, which is not the Boston Globe. I just want to clarify that. The Boston Herald is not the most famous paper in Boston. Um <laughs> It is maybe the second most famous paper in Boston. They used to be pretty adamant that Bill O'Brien is a primary or real candidate for this job. Others are more skeptical. I think Pete Demel's urged caution on the process and say interviews are still ongoing. Um, I don't know. Um, do you think Bill O'Brien is going to be the next Boston College head coach? I think it's really trending that way. And the number of people who've, like, seem convinced that it's going to happen on, like, the Ohio State side, like, I just don't know if, if everybody's, like, unanimously being duped by, like, a guy or some reports on the, the BC side that aren't really, like, plugged in. Here, here's what I'll say. The vast majority of the reporting from this who are saying that Bill O'Brien is probably going to leave is coming from the Boston College side. And I have every reason to believe that Boston College would want Bill O'Brien to be their head coach. And so, like, the fact that I haven't heard, and maybe I haven't been looking too good, 
but the fact that I haven't heard anybody, any Ohio State insider, anybody who I would usually like trust for this information to come out and be like, yo, this is what's happening. Like that's not, I, there, there have been some, I guess, rumblings about it, but like the fact that almost all of the information is coming from the Boston College side gives me a little bit of pause but it's it also still kind of just feels like it's uh you know i don't know it feels real just by the sheer number of people who are talking about it is a real possibility yeah yeah i tend to agree with that it certainly seems like he is going to be boston college's top candidate yes that's my and vibe the rationale as has been like much talked about, and I'm going to clarify here. Like, I don't know Bill O'Brien from Adam. I don't know him personally at all. I don't have any sourcing here. It's just me repeating message board rumors, perhaps, and, and stuff that's also been reported somewhat by, um, I believe, Alex Kleitman of On Three and Austin Ward of Rivals have both reported this. Uh, that, you know, Bill O'Brien has an adult son that has like major health problems, mm-hmm. um, and needs around the clock care, basically. And that his family has largely been based in Boston for quite some time. Didn't always go with him. These are their coaching stops. But the the, the care available at, at Mass General is the best in the country, is my understanding. Yeah. Um, which is a part of this. And I think some folks would say, well, if that were the case, why'd he go to Alabama or why'd he, you know, go to other places previously after Houston? And I get it. But also, he was just in New England. It's where his family's from. Um, his wife, I think, went to Boston College. He grew up in Dorchester. Um, he just spent the year in New England, and maybe like that feeling of being back home, being around those places, and having like the home care, the, the home access to his family changes his perspective. And also, this job or any job in that area that was worth taking wasn't open until just now. Um, and I think that could change his calculus. I would not be shocked if he took this. The question is, like, what is the, what is, like, I I don't know, for him, is there a matter of, like, you know, years, time, security to be there? It's worth doing this for. Uh, Is his desire to, you know, go be a head coach? Is it to do, like, like, what is he, what are his actual motivations? Everyone is, like, telling this story about his family. And it's true, it seems to be. But I don't think we know how he sorts out the priorities of, like, you know, being in Boston for his son's care all the time versus head coaching aspirations. That sounds like kind of callous, but we just don't, we don't know Bill O'Brien, right? We don't know his, there's a lot of people that have challenges in health for their family that are still in football coaching and move around a lot. Right. Um, We just don't know the answer to this. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know this guy at all. And I think that's, that's what clouds it too. Cause even if you remove like the family dynamic or whatever, like, I don't know what his like future career aspirations are either because like if his goal is to just get like a a sunset job where he's probably going to get like, I mean, he's not going to get fired at Boston college. Like the, the, the leash that he's going to have at Boston college is going to be so long. Is he going to win there? He'll be to Boston college what Shiano is to Rutgers basically. Yeah. And if he wants that, that's cool. If he has bigger aspirations of like, I mean, this is a guy that was a former NFL head coach. Like, if he wants to get back to the NFL or wants to like actually compete in college football, whatever, like I don't think Boston college is the way to do it. Like that's not a good stepping stone job. Jeff Halfley kind of proved that. I guess he kind of got what he wanted though. He's back in the NFL and a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Like I, I, I just, it depends on what his aspirations are. If he wants to be Shiano of Boston college, 
I think that's great. I think that's this is the perfect job for him. If he wants, if his next job, he wants it to be a stepping stone to something else and to have greater success and more of a launch pad sort of situation. I think it's pretty inarguable that Ohio State is the better situation. So, like, I, I don't, and I don't have the answer to that. Like, I don't know what he wants. So, um, I, I think that there's pros and cons to each, but I have no idea what he prefers as a pro or a con. So, um, whatever decision he makes, it's, it's pretty clear that he's going to have a decision to make. Um, whatever decision he makes, I mean, yeah. it's clear that it's best for him or whatever, but um, it, I, I don't personally, also, I can't predict what it's going to be. Something that I want to point out is that, like, he, so his son is, I believe, 18 years old or, or 17 years old at this point, uh, based on past reporting. Um, it, so to that effect, like, O'Brien was the, was at the OC for the Patriots back in 2011. Uh, his kid would have been, what, I don't know, five or six years old then. Mm-hmm. He left New England to go be the head coach at Penn State while his son was that age, presumably still need to care, right? Again, I'm making an assumption here. So we've seen him leave. Well, this this feels very, very callous to talk about. I'm sorry, I don't know how else to talk about it, but but if I'm just, anal- I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm just couchless in saying, I should couchless by saying as well that if he does go back to Boston College, I don't think any Ohio State game for, fan could possibly be mad about that if the reason is his family it's totally understandable and accepted yeah. and should be encouraged right. um however he did leave new england in the boston area after 2011 to go to penn state to be the head coach um he didn't go back to new england after that he took the texans job um and when he left houston he didn't take i believe he was recorded for the patriots job shortly thereafter and stayed at alabama as the oc before going back to the patriots in 23 so He's jumped around to a few different jobs while his son has had the health challenge he's had and left New England twice while doing so already. I I don't know that like that lines up with a guy who has to be back in Boston. Maybe the spe- special circumstances of being a head coach at Boston College because of his wife's connection there, the fact he grew up in Boston. Right. His son plays baseball in the area at Tufts, his other son. Um there are reasons for him to go there. I get it, but like, I don't think it lines up with his past actions necessarily. Like, maybe that calculus has changed the older he's gotten. That's a ha- that happens to people sometimes. Yeah, I, I again, that just kind of goes on to the like. I don't really know. Is Boston College like? Are there a bunch of other compounding factors that make Boston College really lucrative? I, I have no idea. Um, yeah, but and also does for, Boston College? This is something else I'm going to say. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, do we think Boston College has any money? Like the reports. Or that Halfley was making less than $3 million a year as head coach there, which is kind of what allowed him to go to Green Bay. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, are they willing? The other thing is, like, I did Halfley earn any more money? Like, maybe they've just yeah. been saving money this whole time to blow on a <laughs> better head coach. You know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it could be one of those things that the money's there and it was always there if Halfley, like, earned the pay raises or whatever. But, like, what did he do to earn the pay raises, I guess? Yeah, be um, one team over 500 in five years or four right, years, yeah. Right, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. And, I, I mean, listen, like, there's, there's Bill O'Brien is just, like, the perfect sort of name that would get, like, the old person donors, like, excited to pay for, you know? Like, it's like, oh, I know this guy. He's been an NFL head coach. Like, it's it's the Shiano effect, too. Like, it's just, like... I don't know. That's that's not. A, I mean, I think Greg Schiano has done a as good of a job at Rutgers as you possibly could at 
Rutgers, but like, I don't know. It's, it, it's an interesting situation. Um, and again, it's just going to come down to what Bill O'Brien wants. I don't think that there's any delusion about like what Boston college is and what Boston college will be. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting situation, but for the sake of this podcast, let's just pretend that he's gone. Um, I think the, the easiest answer is that he would just like stay and he remains Ohio State's offensive coordinator or whatever. But for the sake of the podcast, we're going to pretend that he's gone. What does Ohio State do? Yeah, it, it seems like there are a small handful of top candidates. Um, and basically, they're guys that either were spoken to last time when they made the O'Brien hire. Uh, like that were reported, we were spoken to that we heard they were spoken to, or that uh, have since become available. That first person is Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly's not a, I mean, Chip Kelly has a job. He has a head coaching job in the Big Ten as well at UCLA. But uh, he is like, there have been rumors about him being fired for like three straight years now. It's very funny. He does not, yeah, he does not like that job. They don't like him. He clearly doesn't like recruiting. Uh, and you know, Bill O'Brien was not going to be asked really to recruit at Ohio State. I assume Chip Kelly wouldn't either. He's an option. Uh, Dan Mullen is the same kind of guy. Mullen's currently unemployed. I mean, he works for ESPN, but doesn't have a coaching job. Um, the problem with Dan Mullen is he's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I did some digging on this after the fact. Apparently, uh, they they being Mullen and, uh, and Ryan Day, I think, crossed paths at one point. Uh, I believe it was when it was when Day was a GA at Florida, and Mullen was a huge dickhead to all of his underlings. Was the word, and Day is not very fond of him. Mm. So I don't think he's the likeliest option. <laughs> and then you also have Jason Candle, who's the Toledo head coach, of course. We heard a lot about him last time. Uh, and the other one is Brian Johnson, uh, who is the uh, head coach of the Eagles. Rather, was the head coach of the Eagles. Um, he was fired about three weeks ago, three, two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's there's, there, I mean, there's a few hypothetically since fired NFL names that could exist. Um, I think, uh, this would be in, these would are pretty insane names, but, um, Dan Hope threw out Josh McDaniels and, and Frank Reich. Um, to, to be fair, like Dan does n- is not saying that they're going to be interested or like, there's like any sort of connection there. Um, the commanders just fired Eric Bieniemy, who uh, obviously um, off field issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. There's there's a few like that have because of the way that the NFL coaching carousel has gone. Maybe m- like Mike Vrabel's available. I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> imagine imagine bringing in Mike Vrabel to coordinate the offense hell yeah dude um um i mean the brian johnson name is interesting he he was like very heavily criticized as play caller he was also dan mullen's oc and worked for he worked for mullen in two different stints once at mississippi state for three years once at florida for three years uh he also worked at utah under kyle whittingham uh for four years um that's interesting obviously some meyer tree stuff yeah, yeah, I will say this about Brian Johnson, and maybe maybe we should get our boy Bill Landis on here to talk about Brian Johnson if we really want to uh, talk about 
it, it we, we might actually have to do that and get get his insight if Ohio State yeah. actually does hire Brian Johnson. Big, well, big factor here, former cover athlete on NCAA football 10. Yeah. Well that you know that is that is super important actually. Um but but my my take on him was that largely it seems like the criticism of the offense, the the Eagles offense, is that it was simply too predictable and that it relied too much on um you having better players than the team that you're playing. Which mm. doesn't really sound like a problem coming into this offense either. So um I don't know. I, I I could, and honestly, the way that Ryan Day is called plays, if you mix both of those things together with Ryan Day trying to come up with the the perfect uh, formula for finding, um, I don't know, like trying trying to be the smartest guy in the room, and this yeah. dude coming in and being like, actually, we're just going to spam the quarterback run until it you know doesn't work. Maybe maybe, maybe that's a a marriage <laughs> waiting to happen. So yeah, I don't know. I I just I I think largely like. Like the complaint of um they run the they run the plays that work too often and and they eventually get stopped um is something that could actually work at the college level much more than yeah, it could something work at that the we NFL could use level. more of. Like going yeah. back to the good plays would be beneficial for Ohio State. Like they have right. almost too much variety. Right. I think like Ohio State's problem is that it became it it didn't rely on its staples when it should have, and yeah. that left it to being too predictable in the biggest moments. But I think using your staples more and creating variations off of them in bigger games oh, is great. often what Ohio State is missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and, like I I would I would love for somebody like based on the way that the past like four years have gone. I would love for somebody to look at Ohio State's offense on like third and one and be like, ah, oh, damn, they're gonna run this. Like I've I've been missing that, you know? Like Yeah. I don't know. It's it and that largely seemed to be the criticism of um of the Brian Johnson offense was that it was too predictable. You knew where the ball was going, and it simply just relied on superior execution, and that doesn't always work in the NFL. I'll say this. I mean, they did pretty goddamn well. Yeah, in uh, short yardage, yeah, <laughs> which would be a nice change. Tell you that bring bring the tush push in to, yeah, Columbus. Um, let's pull up the twenty twenty three red zone uh, offense stats. Oh, it's it's one. horrible. It's horrible. That I mean, really? the reason the reason why he got fired actually is that the team was horrific in the red zone and on. Uh, well, they ranked they ranked ninth in red zone touchdown percentage of the season. Okay, okay, which could be worse. Yeah. I think they got better after they fired him, but I know yeah. that like part of the reason why that they, they fired him was there was a brutal stretch where they ranked horrifically in terms of third down percentage and yeah. in the red like zone. They so. wilted down the run and they fired him after the season, but it's like yeah. there were parts of that year where that was working great. Yeah. And also it was his first time as a pro OC and like Jalen Hurts looked way better with him as quarterbacks coach. Oh yeah, than he ever had previously in his career. Look like a oh, yeah. day different player. I think that's valuable, especially because like they're not the same player, but there is a fair amount of overlap between what Will Howard is trying to do and what Jalen Hurts does. Uh, there are some commonalities there. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I would I would be tight with him because uh, I was just thinking like, well, it's a shame Ohio State doesn't have a running quarterback, and I completely forgot about Will Howard. I was thinking more towards yeah. like the future of like Julian Sane or Aaron Nolan or whatever. But like, man. I think I think if you just insert 
Will Howard into the Eagles offense, like that's fine. I'll take that. I'm not to say that Will Howard is Jalen Hurts or whatever, but like it's it's common enough that like if you put him in the offense, it would function similarly. Like it's not like he would break the offense or whatever. So I don't know. We're we're talking all this up about Brian Johnson. It's probably going to be like Jason Candle. So yeah, that would suck though. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, look, he was also was the OC for that. 2020 Florida offense that was sick and that like, challenged Bama in the SC title game uh, with he made Kyle Trask being a pro draft pick. That was that, yeah, that was a really fun team. Yeah, I, I think what I'm what I'm trying to get at here, I'd be okay if it was Brian Johnson. I think everyone kind of shit their pants with the idea of it being Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. Oh, that's rather. fine. It's fine with me. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Uh, whatever. It'd be nice. <laughs> I think. Uh, J- the problem with Jason Candle to me is like. You have a lot of predictability, and also, I know he's probably going to be asked to just run Brian Day's offense, but, like, Jason Candle's had a talent advantage in his conference every year he's ever been the coach, and he's done almost nothing with it. Yeah. Like, that theory of, oh, what if you just had him do someone else's shit? He did that. He took over Matt Campbell's shit and ran the same thing right. and did worse with it, and he had the most talent in the conference. It's fucking Toledo. They always right. have the most talent in the Mac, and he did nothing with it. Like, that's my problem with Jason Candle is... He definitely does not maximize his talent. Look, Chip Kelly, I, I get why it's exciting. Like, he's a big name. He's experienced, yada, yada. I don't think Chip Kelly's had a new idea in 10 years. Um, I think he might exacerbate some of the worst stuff of the day era. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's fine. Maybe I'm overreacting. Like, he's had a, definitely, you know, some good recent offense at UCLA. Last year was not good. Before that, he had some solid ones for a few years in a row. They're at least fun. Yeah. I mean, the run concepts are more varied than what Ohio State does, at least. Yeah. Uh, Dan Mullen, I, I mean, I think it would work. I think Dan Mullen, but I just don't think Brian Day likes him on a personal level, which I think is the problem. Um, makes it hard. I don't know. I, I guess in order, uh, fuck, dude. I just hope it's not Jason Candle. Any one of the three, except any of the four, except Jason Candle, I'm fine with. Yeah. And Corey Dennis is still hanging around. Just give him... <laughs> Run it back. What if they, what if they brought in Urban, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Urban's first time laugh. as coordinator is uh is to run this Ohio State team. Hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. It'll probably be some bullshit hire we haven't thought of yet. Nick Saban. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. I mean, the problem here is like we've Ryan Day's hit rate on outside hires is not sick, right? It's not great. He's had a few, like Tim Walton's a huge success. Uh, Jim Knowles is working. It's certainly an improvement. The rest, (laughs) the rest, I don't know. I mean, like, I I would just be a little apprehensive to think Ryan Day would nail it on an OC hire twice in the same offseason. On the flip side, like, at least he's an offensive guy. And so, like, I don't know. Like, I, I I guess, like, just hypothetically, he would know the questions to ask. He would know to, like, like, he would be, I feel like he would be able to look at a guy's scheme in the way that he's running an offense and be like, oh, that guy's a moron, or this is something I want in my offense, much more than he would be able to do it for a defensive coach, if that makes sense. I think it makes sense, yeah. So... Um... Maybe, I, my, 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 fr- my frustration with him hiring offensive staff, like, so far has been that he has hired guys that aren't doing anything. 
not necessarily that he is like he's never really hired somebody and given them like autonomy of an offense or whatever like this is kind of uncharted territory so it's tough to even just like you know Predict what it, it looks like yeah yeah like yeah. There, there's there's no like roadmap for this so that's that's kind of where i'm at with it but um yeah yeah i don't know um we'll see we'll see i uh yeah i mean i just hope it's not jason candle i'm in the anti-jason candle camp that is my brain interest yeah you want um, the field i want the field uh that is my hope <laughs> um you know what else speaking another of, kind of, another kind of I was, field I was gonna say speaking uh, of fields yeah damn. how about home field kevin tell wow. us about it you had the juice I heard that home field apparel is actually up there to be Ohio State's new offensive coordinator. Um, oh. And you know what? I would, I would trust them with my life just with their decisions that they come in with, uh, with, with their shirt choices, their apparel choices. You know, if you are not new or if you are new to home field apparel, um, they are the best vintage inspired collegiate apparel you can find on the internet. Um, they have, I mean, if you're not, if you're not just an Ohio State fan, one, don't know why you made it this far in the podcast, but um, they have a ton of different schools that you can choose from. Maybe you went to a Mac school and you're an Ohio State fan. You still want to support your Bowling Green Falcons. Maybe um, once Jason Candle comes, you need to uh, support his his previous school. Um, there there are a ton of options for you uh, if you're just a, a college football fan at large, or if you're an Ohio State fan. They got some crispy Ohio State gear too. If you have not purchased from Home Field Apparel, um, I encourage you to go check out their website. Just scroll through their inventory. Um, and if you find something you like, use the code Meet at Midfield for 15% off your first order. If you have purchased from Home Field Apparel before, that code's not going to work. We promise we've tried. Um, but you can leave in the comments that we sent you, and uh, then they'll just like us a little more um, than they already do. So, yeah, check out meetatmidfield.com. Oh, did I say that? I guess I guess that I I meant homefieldapparel.com. Meetatmidfield.com is meetatmidfield.com is is our website. Famously, um, yeah. don't confuse the two. Uh, you should check out you both. To. Yeah, check, yeah. Out both. Um, check out both. And also check out us in the premium podcast that we're going to go to now. Now, so uh, yep, check it out. You have to subscribe <laughs> to the website to. Uh, <laughs> You have to you have to subscribe subscribe to the website to get the the premium podcast. So um, yeah, it'll you, sound better if you're wearing home field too. Famously, yeah. So 